2: 405 DGS on KMOX. Skip is sitting in with us today. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back before Rage gets back from Japan. Matt Pauly Matt is going to be here tomorrow. Uh, what the hell? Let's talk about this. We're just having a discussion off the air, which I found really interesting. So I played a lot of baseball, but nothing like Wheeler. And I wasn't a student of the game that Wheeler is. Um, and we were talking about bats. And how in the '80s the aluminum bats were a lot hotter Woo. than they are now, which I didn't know. I figured they just got hotter and hotter, oh, and, hotter no. and hotter.
3: Stopped about 15 years ago.
4: Yeah, there was something I that 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 maybe is a little bit different than what I was trying to remember. Something tickling the back of my head when they had the discussion about how the the the, uh, the college players were just at a disadvantage moving into the pros because the aluminum bats it's were so too different. different. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember where it was, but they, there was. It was, there was for most
3: there. of the time. And I, I, one of my, it was, it's a story I I think I've told on the show, maybe not. But Tommy Lasorda was best friends with our college, my college coach. They grew up together in New Jersey on the same street. And he would come down before spring training and speak at our banquet and hang out at the field and ma- basically make fun of us and joke around. And one day he was there. Now, keep in mind, he was probably in his 60s at the time and he, he's, we, he was making fun of our guys. For us, we're swinging metal bats, and we're taking batting practice, and he's like, give me that blankety-blank thing, and he goes in there, and he takes a couple swings, and it's like really hilarious, and he misses and fouls the ball off, and we're all kind of giggling, and then he gets one, that one hops the fence to left field, and he threw it down, and he's like, y'all a bunch of blankety-blanks swinging these blankety-blank things, and we're like, Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's enlightening. Then he's not a big guy. I mean, like he's so, like me. He's like five seven, five so eight. Why
2: don't the why don't they ha- go to wooden bats?
4: Too expensive. Yeah, there's
3: too many breaks. Are you serious? I can't, I can't even count. Break, listen, yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched because we play wooden bat tournaments in the summer by 14 year olds. All of our high school guys. It's mostly wood bats. I can't count the number of times that you go to these big tournaments. They have all the bat vendors there because people break bats. And they'll buy a brand new bat and sw- break it on the first swing.
2: What does a bat cost these A days? good one? Yeah. A hundred bucks. What?
3: And they break that easy? It, well, it's the hitter's fault, usually. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, and that's the problem is if, if, if you took your average amateur hitter, high school age, junior high age, and they had to swing wood bats for like, say, 50 games, they'd probably go through 10. Probably go through ten of them, so a thousand bucks. So you spend four hundred bucks on a metal co- bat, yeah. and you can use that metal bat for the full year batting practice. Probably use it for the next year too, if you yeah. n- if you don't grow too much.
4: I think you look at the volume too. I mean, minor leagues have the wooden bats, but the colleges, and it's not just you think colleges. Oh yeah, you got the Southeast Conference has twenty. Oh, they biggest, don't swing wood
3: in they, games either. Yeah. yeah,
4: but my point is. It's not just them. Every single college and junior college and NAIA and, and mm-hmm. NCAA too, there's lots and lots and lots of schools that have baseball programs. And I don't know that there's enough there ash wood in the, no. in the world to provide it. That's another you know, part
3: of the problem. Yeah. What, what you have to also break down is the major leaguers get the very best quality yeah. wood, like the best of the best of the best. Minor leaguers get the next best and basically everybody else is on their own. Yeah. High school. And you're I mean, getting you're getting the low school, grade yeah. stuff, which is gonna break even more.
2: Wow. Okay. Here's the here comes a classic sports call in question for you. <laughs> if the majors played with those black beauties, whatever you were talking black about. Black magic? The black, black magic. magic. Oh. Yeah. What would the game look like? Home
3: run records would never yeah. be the same. It would be- you, guys, somebody somebody would hit hundred home runs. If you're talking about the ones we we're talking about from people, the like the late '80s yeah. and early '90s, people would get
4: hurt. Oh, the, is a, yeah, the real you thing would. You would see would get hurt. third. Nolan Arenado would get concussions. And yeah, pitchers would get hurt, and it's just first baseman would get hurt by left-handed people it, would hit the ball out just, of yeah. Bush Stadium with. Those. Yeah, it's 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 horrible. Let's you're
3: probably you're probably talking about <sighs> another 10 mile an hour at the top end of the exit velo spectrum. So like the very hardest hit balls now are around 120. You'd see 130s, for sure. I mean, and you would see it more fre. You would see home runs, home runs yeah. more frequently because if you look at a at a wooden bat, right? There's a sweet spot that is maybe a couple inches long, right? And it's around the width of the thickest the part of the barrel. The
2: thing you're making with your fingers is about eight inches.
3: No, that's two. <laughs> I think. I think.
2: Um, but, to me.
3: but with a metal bat, <laughs> your sweet spot's probably four times that, three three times that. So you got way more likelihood of get, yeah. hitting the ball
4: hard. You don't have to hit it on the nose. No, to get out the, no, yeah, not anywhere close. Yeah,
3: and What's like all those really little broken good bat glove hits. Cost these days? Well, it depends. What I mean, position? Not like pro level,
2: but just like a fielder's college level. Really good glove, or an orthodontist who wants to play fifty and over or something. I mean, show off
3: my glove that i my catcher's glove that i use now i bought it probably 10 years ago 10 years ago was and this is just mid level was like 250 this is just one though because i'm not competing i didn't i just wanted a. I i needed a decent glove the the high end you
4: you could find $500 how did gloves. you
2: break your glove in when you were a kid
4: I put a baseball in it. I folded it in half and I stuck it under my mattress. Me too.
2: Yeah, that's Good nothing man. wrong with
4: that. I knew you did because that's what everybody told you yeah. to do. Yeah. Yep. And you but should have always me. put your gloves away with
3: baseballs in them. Although now yep. they have, they actually have pocket molding tools. You just put this thing in your glove and it molds the pocket. Oh, like you that's just, no you just put yet. it in there that's and it so make and it keeps the pocket exactly the way
4: you want it. Oh. I was so jealous of the people that have the really floppy gloves and stuff. Oh. That trying to get, you know, get a new glove! <laughs> they're the gotta, worst. I get it in there, yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah. they're the worst. And it, it's
3: it's important to do it the right way too if you want it to last. Yeah. Right. Big leaguers can break them in any way they want because they go through gloves, multiple gloves a year. I mean, okay. if you're a kid or if you're a high school guy, you want you mean you have one glove per position that you play, probably for multiple years. Yeah.
2: I remember. As a kid, uh, I mean, sports were everything until I discovered drums. But sports were everything, especially baseball. And I was a huge Ted Simmons fan. So I wanted to be a catcher. And so the next year, because we, you know, had the same guys play on the same team from South Rikistan year after year. And I showed up like an hour early. And when the coach got there, I just grabbed the equipment and put it on. And he goes, oh, I guess you're my catcher, huh? I'm like, yes, sir. And I didn't realize what a giant mistake that was because being a catcher, all due respect to Kevin, uh, in the summer when you're little and can't really catch a fastball – Sucks, and just you know, foul tips off your fingers, and I bet I would catch half the balls, and then half would go to the fence, and mm-hmm. you would go back and get it, and you'd throw it back, and you know, people remember you would strike out, and the catcher would miss the ball, just run, so yeah. you'd run, and then you'd steal second, steal third, you'd probably steal home. Somebody makes an
3: error or a yeah. wild pitch, yeah. yeah.
2: It was pretty fun. That's called yeah. Little
3: League home run. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Strike out, wild pitch, steal second, steal third, steal home on a wild pitch. Our
2: yeah. first base coaches were dads. Duh. It's not like that. We hired prof- professionals. Right. Right. Um, I bet you. 70 to 80% of the time when I would run to first base and you take off your batting helmet and put on a running helmet. Remember those? Yeah, they, I don't. They look sure. like wrestling sure. helmets. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. Yep. we didn't do, didn't do that. The middle the, yep. And the dad would have to sit down his beer so that he could hand you your running helmet.
3: <laughs> Dude, those were the good old <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, sure. Catcher is a hard position to convince younger kids to play. Like they think they want to because it looks cool and you got right. like now and now the it's gear like being is a goalie. Yeah, like now the gear is sweet too. Like it looks awesome and it, it like it's custom fit and all that. Yeah, uh, you got designs on your mask and everything. You're, you're what you're talking about. What I'm talking about. Everything was orange and black and ratty right. and nasty and terrible.
4: Yep. Um, so I remember at baseball camp, or it was actually was sports camp. I went to the same sports camp every year for several years while I was growing up, and and we'd have the sports in the day uh, skills and then we'd have lunch and then we'd watch a movie and then do some swimming and then we'd play a game, football, soccer, Fun. baseball, whatever. And that was a, But the movies were all great. They'd all be like five-year-old uh, NFL highlights in this. But they had a movie about catchers and they called it, the name of the movie was Tools of Ignorance. <laughs> And that's what they referred to in the 70s as wow. what the catcher's getup was called tools of ignorance. And so that's when I mean, you said How that was that? a mistake to do, but that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I never even considered it. I mean, if you're going to call me ignorant to play it, why would <laughs> I, mean, right. <laughs> why would I the want the to film, do it? Tools of ignorance.
3: Man, that's a, that's a tough one to, to when, you, when it gets real that you have to take some, be willing to take some abuse. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you so like I didn't switch, I didn't start catching until I was 17. I was a junior in high school, and I became a catcher. I caught, like, a couple games a year before that. Yeah. And it was like going through basic training with a catching instructor. We were blocking pitches without a chest protector just to get used to getting hit.
2: I can remember this game was in Hartford. I can I could make a movie of this night. I was probably seventh grade or something like that. And Brad Wells, who I talk about all the time, who's the police chief, uh, police chief of Wood River, my best friend back then, uh, was one of our two pitchers, he and Mark Fouch, and they were both gone. Brad was actually uh, camping, and I was a really good player. I had a really good arm, and so the coach made me pitch, and but I'd never pitched, and I was terrified. And I, if I hit one guy, I hit 25 guys. I mean, I it was like they were standing on the plate. I just kept hitting <laughs> them. I think I cried for real. And what I remember most about it is my mom talked to Brad's mom and told her the story. And she's like, oh, we, we were home. We got home last night. We could have came out and Brad could have pitched. And I was, it was like an hour, one of the most stressful hours of my life. Because we had no one else to pitch, and I just kept hitting guys, and I would see them. And what am I throwing? Forty miles an hour, right? I could probably hit you in the <laughs> eye, and you'd be okay. But the guys would get up to bat, and their knees were knocking. <laughs> yeah, just, you're inside their were, head. You were like just, nuke,
4: nuke LaRouche <laughs> and boulder yeah, terrified. <laughs>
1: every
3: every every kid can remember if you played Little League, the one kid that threw harder than everybody else. Oh yeah, yeah. Kenny, and, Hewlett.
2: Kenny Hewlett. Kenny Eulet. Oh, was two. it? 52 miles an hour. It was
3: a kid named Kenny in my little league too. (laughs) And he was left. Ken Hendry. Oh, Ken was built like this. The kid in our one, he was 12 years old. He was built like a tank. He was taller than everybody built like a tank. And it felt like he was throwing a hundred. Yeah. And it was the same thing that (laughs) you described, skip his catcher. Couldn't catch the ball. So half the time when you struck out, you were on first base. It was great. Yeah. Just swing three times. And we almost got to that point. where like, just swing and miss on purpose because you're not going to hit it anyway.
2: Yeah. Man, good times. Yeah. <laughs> For real. I remember just like getting dressed, putting on the high socks, and uh, like win or lose, you'd go to King Louis or Silver right. Frost and get a soda or a float or a Mr. Freeze or something. And damn, how
4: about putting fun. on the stirrups on, yes. uh, underneath your I hated those things. Yes. Or
2: after <laughs> the game, pulling them out, yep, exactly. yep, you had to do the twist exactly. over
4: your foot and then pull yeah. it up so it wouldn't
3: slide out of your yeah. shoe while you're playing.
2: Yep. My uncle, my mom's brother, uh, who I have looked like every day of my life, and I know what I'm going to look like Is you know, we just were like bookends. And he actually, uh, all he did in World War II was play baseball uh, in Hawaii. Oh. <laughs> like he was that good. And he had a tryout with the Cardinals, but he was 23 at the time. They said that he was too old. And he came to one of my games, and I got three hits, three singles, and I told him I hit for the cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and rather than being like, yeah, I was there, I saw it. He was like, you didn't hit for the <laughs> cycle. That's not what that That's is. That's not what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay. Yep. <laughs> Got to be yeah. real with the kids. <laughs> I feel stupid. Uh, tell you guys about Dr. Corey Soman. Speaking of sports. So this,
0: is- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
1: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: It's way too big of a topic to bring up with only a few minutes in the show, uh, in this segment, but... uh, Pope Francis, who's always uh, controversial, came out today and talked about how uh, the Catholic theology has to evolve. And here's a direct quote, which I found really interesting. Uh, We have to evolve fundamentally contextual theology guided by Christ's incarnation into time and space. That's an interesting sentence right there. This approach to theology must be capable of reading and interpreting the Gospels in the conditions in which men and women live today in different geographical, social, and cultural environments, and talked about politically and sexually, and uh, basically that Catholicism needs to evolve into something more relevant for 2023 rather than for 300 A.D. Thoughts?
3: Uh, My understanding of the history of the Catholic Church, having grown up Catholic and gone to Catholic schools, is that it has been constantly evolving for 2,000 years. What we have now didn't exist 500 years ago. And I'm talking about the rules. It, I don't remember exactly what year, but there was a long period of time in the Catholic Church where priests could be married. That didn't come in until like a 1,000 years after the church started. So clearly there has been evolution in various ways. It's just a matter of coming to terms with it when when the change comes because it has changed dramatically over 2,000 years.
4: I think your summation of that is... A little bit not correct. Uh, What Wheeler is saying about evolving is, I think, always going to happen. But it sounded to me when you were reading that that he was basically saying, almost saying that the values that the Gospels have are obsolete. It seemed, and I'm I guessing that's yeah. not what the Pope means. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I'm telling you, it it see, the way that the language was is like it not saying that per se, but I, I see. I I don't agree. I don't agree with. I think that that if you're gonna say that 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 um, the Bible's inspired by God, then it's not something that has to change to remain relevant.
3: Well, it's not yeah, what's so, changing. It's people's interpretations of it that are changing. True, true enough. The true letters enough, and words yeah. have been the same since they were first put into it, print. Well, Doesn't that but,
2: necessarily mean, though, that they were wrong before?
3: No, not or necessarily. thought that
2: they were wrong before. Yeah, you can
3: I, only interpret things through your own experience. You can't interpret things from an experience but that you've it, not had.
4: It's also designed, it's, it's supposed to hit you with what you need at that time. I mean, it, it, the inspiration and the, the guidance, you know, if you don't have something like like that passage is referring to in your life right now, it doesn't mean anything to. But it may, maybe when you do have that, you can use it as a guidance. Then I I don't like the 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 um, implication that that something can be changed based on the cultural and history and whatever of what's going on right now. To me, truth is truth, and um, it needs to you know be seen at through that lens. How does that truth apply to you? That's different than really what... So, you know.
2: for example, if uh, the Catholic Church's stance has always been that homosexuality is uh, uh, against God's law, and I think it's much more accepting of homosexuals that, hey, come on in and we love you, but you can't take Eucharist and so forth and so on. If they were to change that, it would be, to me, an admission that, oh, we were we were mistaken about this the entire time, as opposed to... Uh, the world has really moved on and accepted, and and you know, gay marriage is legal now, and uh, we need to adapt. Am I making sense? There's yeah. a difference between well, I, we need to adapt, and oh gosh, I guess we were wrong about that for two thousand. And years.
4: I think maybe the doctrine versus the actual what the words I mean, I mean. There's a lot of stuff in in all the religions that aren't that aren't. I mean, in each of the Christian denominations that aren't necessarily in the Bible, they're not. And so the thing, those things, yes, should be changed, and sh- and you can admit you're wrong. But like I said, to me. If you believe in it, then truth is truth and, and that be, you know that's the case. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
2: This story kind of bothered me. I don't know about you guys, but even at 59 and even after everything I've seen and learned and... I still kind of have this thing about the government and how special it is, and how special they are, and especially the president. And he knows everything. He knows the aliens. He knows about Bigfoot. He knows it all. <laughs> and President Biden just signed an executive order about AI, kind of slowing it down. And this is a real report. Mm-hmm. This isn't like congest- conjecture, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that it was mostly from him watching the new Mission Impossible. Yep. He watched that movie. And was so frightened by AI being the The entity, yeah, that he said, I have to do something about this. He didn't even wait for the second part of the movie. (laughs) It kinda scares me. What happens in the second part? We don't know yet.
4: Did he ban cyberdyne systems? In other news, we are at <laughs> war with Thanos.
3: That's one of the reasons <laughs> why I love
2: Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my exactly. God. That's
3: <laughs> one of the reasons why I. I mean, I, I, there's a, I, I've told you guys a million times about the pessimist archive and the things that people have always been scared of. There's another one called technophobia, and there are just all these examples over history of any time there's new technology, people panic. And I, I mean, I think it's important to to understand it and and regulate it. But we've been doing this for a long time. Like literally, every technological innovation has been.
2: Oh my when- God think though i mean i know joe biden jimmy carter george washington they're they're all limited by their brain capacity yeah, they're not yeah. all oppenheimer right yeah but wouldn't you think that if there's a person on the planet who has has at least been told about all the secrets of ai and all the super weapons it's joe biden
3: you would think there would, would be think people
2: Cruz could teach him anything
3: i uh, see so you'd think there'd be people on the staff that are explaining these things to you
2: uh, I don't know if Salem's Lot is as big in your skies. as I it was mine. I loved it. Uh, yeah. They're making another David remake. Sol. David Soul. David Soul. Lance
0: lot. Kerwin. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes.
4: That yes. was scary when I was a kid. Scary
0: as ever. Yeah. And it
4: was a TV show. It was TV made for TV. Yeah. Movie. It wasn't a, a oh. theater movie.
3: Yeah.
2: When Barlow opened yeah. his eyes. Oh,
3: <sighs> the worst for me when I was a kid was The Little Brother at the Window. Yeah. After he was a vamp?
2: My worst was the grave <laughs> digger who was in the rocking chair. That's me, too. That's me, too. <laughs> well, they're remaking yeah. it.
3: Oh, nice. I hope it's good.
2: What do you think?
4: Well... They did a they TV did a series jo- on it recently, and it wasn't it that great. it was
2: fine. Was, was yeah. One. I liked job that one. They remaking in
4: like Thoughts. It. I thought the It Oh yeah. TV movie was good. Yeah. And the It movie was good. Yes. So, if the, I mean... You know, here the story's good. It wasn't just a good movie. It's a Stephen King novel yeah, that's exactly. well written and well thought out. So if they are faithful to that, they can in the legitimately new, good the do the
2: I went in with an open mind, and there's a part you'll remember where uh, Pennywise is in a basement full of water, and he runs across it real fast. Yeah. And I felt like you could have just put yakety sacks to that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, for the love, come on. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I didn't even finish the movie. Well
4: that was near yeah, the I end guess anyway, that's wasn't it? that, but, I mean, no, that was the There beginning. was some goofy parts to the TV part too, but I thought that, that but by and large, it was not a uh, totally undoing of, of what I thought was a fun T V version of a good horror story.
2: Does Stephen King deserve like a medal of honor kind of thing from a president? Oh
4: man. He's put a lot of good spooky thoughts out there, hasn't he? Yeah. He's got some really good not-horror books, too. Hmm. I mean, Stand By Me is Stephen King. Oh, that's right. Yeah, good point. Is is Stephen King. Green Mile. Great point. Really good Uh, point. Some good stuff.
2: Welcome back, 448. Thank you to Skip Weber hanging out with us, Uh, trying to fill the shoes of Rachel Zimmerman, who's in Japan for two weeks. She saw the moon there. Yeah, she did. (laughs) That's why I couldn't I find know, it either.
4: Time. Really, really, really tight. I do I need to wear my own shoes if I come back again. I can't.
2: <laughs> They're just too small. Uh let's do our best audio. What do we got? Okay. Do you want to do the Trump Us U S uh thing? We got nah. that. <laughs> um, we made it this whole time without talking about Trump. That is true. We did. Uh how about uh Mr. Holly Wheels, do you want to mm-hmm. see your head that
0: one?
3: It's just <laughs> No, it's because it's too complicated for like four or five minutes. All
2: right. Well, we are running out of audio. We had a bunch. Now we don't have any. I have a question. (laughs) So uh, I can't stand Josh Hawley. I think he's a weenie uh, in the exact same douchebag way Ted Cruz is. But he has introduced a bill that Mitch McConnell has soundly come out against where he wants to take the corporate uh, money out of elections. And I'm reading this article trying to find a way to hate Josh Harden <laughs> because he's a weenie. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I'm on his side on this one. I win. am
3: too. Yeah. I, yeah. Although when I walk through it, the reality is, because what he wants to do is limit corporate donations to the political action committees, which I agree with. I'm, you know me. I'm like, the let's get money out of politics guy. Let's get money out of everything. I mean, it would be wonderful. Yeah. But doesn't, I mean, that, that wouldn't stop the CEO of that company from donating personally to anybody. It wouldn't really change Right,
4: but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, no, you're I'm right. You're right. It's got tax right implications, implications. Right now, we don't, all that. Yep. Weber Auto Group does not do any political money because I don't want but but everybody's encouraged to do whatever they that's want cool. with that. It's a whole different story. And you are limited per person. You can go to PACs, but if you're do- donating to a person, you're eliminated limited yeah. to, uh, to forty eight hundred dollars per election. So you can do a primary, and so you can yeah. give the guy but nine as an individual, grand a year. Are you but limited
3: not, with the PACs or no?
4: No. You're yeah. not limited to donate to PACs, but the PACs spread well, the money so around. So like the CEO but of But still a... does some limitations because yeah. a PAC can't go to everyone. Person, right? Yeah. A PAC yeah. can't, can't uh, back up everybody. Mitch so.
2: McConnell had a special lunch to say, yeah. don't vote for Josh Hawley's bill. Do you want
3: to Do you want to hear the fart that does make Hawley look like a weenie a little bit? Sure. So like he took 20 million dollars from McConnell's political action committee for his election in 2018. so yeah. if you're against that kind of thing maybe don't take the money from it but yeah I, I I'm, I'm in agreement with him on this get rid
4: of it so what- I think you could t- you can do I'm not Either way, I mean, Josh. I'm an Illinois resident, so Josh Hall is not my senator. I never uh, even kind of looked too close at it. But you can certainly play by under the rules that are there, sure, and still be and then try to change them. Yeah, that's against. true. So, yeah, and so I think that I mean, yeah, good point. Yeah, otherwise you'll lose. I mean, that's the thing is that if you don't do that, you can lose, and that's the point. A better candidate that doesn't want to get into that cesspool Mm -hmm. will lose, and they're the better candidate. So let's get the corporations out of it. I agree with that. Yeah.
2: So Wesley Bell was going uh, after Hawley, and now he's dropped out of that race. He's going after Cori Bush. That one seems, I don't know, maybe I'm showing my political ignorance, but that one seems like kind of a layup to me. You know, she is so, I think, damaged by all the crazy stuff she's done and said. Wesley Bell... uh, is so impressive to me because you could describe him and Kim Gardner in the same sentence, like, "Oh, they're they're the new progressive prosecutors, but they're just night and day. They're completely different." He's actually uh, used, to my knowledge, used his progressive values and still managed to put bad guys in jail. But you- sorry. No, so I think that he, he, I think he's going in with a pretty good reputation.
4: Yeah. Even amongst moderates and
2: Republicans.
4: And truth be told, it kind of goes with what you were talking about with before the break. There's right and wrong. And just because you think that something is bad doesn't mean that somebody who does something wrong shouldn't be punished. And so he can have all these values in the world and still know that this person is a criminal. Yeah, broke the law. so that's, that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. Think you. it's a good I strategy.
2: Think, uh, what's that? I I said, do you think it's a good yes, strategy? I, yes, because I, I think do he too. can really. I do. And there are other people. Wesley Bell's not going to be elected no. to the Senate. No, uh, not this quick. Anytime no. soon. Right. Right. No. No. no,
4: the, the our, Wesley uh, Bell can win in St. Louis he cannot win in Missouri. Yeah.
2: Our friend
3: uh, our friend uh, Braxton from uh, Michael Kelly's company just texted me to point out that Corey Bush is the most popular elected official in the city of St. Louis including to according to some recent polling huh. that. There you go. He's seen. So yeah. it's it's and isn't I, that I think amazing. it comes down to turnout.
2: Like I know that this is the way politics works. But it doesn't matter how much people outside of your area think you're an idiot or a bad person. Mm. If you got them bamboozled, you're in, yeah. you know? I mean, and it's yeah. not that it's not 2023. It's been that way since eighteen Oh, it's, uh, it's yeah.
3: our system, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's the way districts are drawn up. It's you, you, you the nature you elected of the beast. by your
4: constituents. You're not elected by somebody three states over. That's right. Yeah.
3: Or even, a, even a, a county over in a no, lot that's of cases. Right. That's right.
4: Or whatever, a voting district over.
2: We recently had your congressman and friend, uh, Mike Boston. Great guy. Yeah.
4: He's good of a guy, good as a person. If you can find something to criticize with him, then you are smarter than me because he's a very good guy, self-made, uh, principled, you know cares about everybody. Really, I got to tell really you guy. this new
2: speaker's creeping me out.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've got reasons. I've got solid reasons. I've got political reasons, I've got religious reasons, I got all these reasons throw them all away. <laughs> Brother just creeps me out. He's got an Ernie Something Douglas up. vibe going on that I just don't like.
4: Ernie Douglas, I love it. Uh, oh my
2: god! He's got a sister named Doty there somewhere.
3: It is amazing how fast that happens, though. I mean, I get it. Why? Get why? Because none of the the more known candidates were ever going to get the support. That's pretty amazing. I mean, this like every analysis piece I've read says. Yeah, pretty much nobody knew this guy.
2: Yeah, he's only been in since, like, 16. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but if you can, I mean, talking to Mr. Bost, I mean, I could ask him about any congressperson. Like, I get a mail from so-and-so, so-and-so from Nevada. I say, I mean, wanting money. And I'm not going to do that anyway. But I say, what about this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'll know a lot about it. So they may may not, quote-unquote, know everything the guy, but they know who he is. They know what committees he's been on. It's like being in a big high
2: school.
0: Exactly yeah, that's a good that's a good way to say it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.